I think a lot of people get hung up in that first step um, of rejecting the diet mentality. Um, And we talk about kind of like the honeymoon phase, you know, sometimes this leads to like this big rebellion. I went through this for sure, where like, you're telling me I can't do something diet culture. So I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm going to be disobedient to diet culture. And then we kind of like go in this other direction that's actually harming us, right? With like binge eating or uh, we can get kind of lost in this, oh, my language, like screw you diet culture. I'm going to, you know, eat all the things and do all the things. And that actually doesn't honor our health or feel good either. And that's not intuitive eating. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, this is Heather Creekmore and the Compared to Who show is a super excited, proud partner of the Spark Media Network. And shows like this are now available on the Edify podcast app. Edify is an amazing place to find all kinds of awesome Christian content. You can find the Edify app in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. So check that out today. Now, for today's show, I have some good news and I have some bad news. I'll start with the good news. Oh, you guys, my coaching call today is so good. We go everywhere in terms of the hard and the messy and the yicky in intuitive eating. If you have felt stuck in step one of intuitive eating, I get you. I feel you. Intuitive eating isn't just not dieting. And that was a big revelation for me recently. And so we talk about that. We talk about how difficult it must be for unbelievers to follow intuitive eating because you have to have your identity rooted in something. And boy, what a struggle it is even for us as Christians to keep our identities rooted in Christ. So we go to lots of places today, friends. We laugh. I cry. I think you're going to really enjoy the episode. But the bad news is my microphone wasn't working. So the sound quality is a little buzzy. It makes me so sad. But isn't that just the way it works? Uh, The enemy is real. (laughs) And uh, yeah, even tricks like making the sound quality poor can deter people from getting the truth of this message today. So I hope it won't deter you. I hope you will take a listen and really allow the words of our conversation to touch you wherever you're at in your journey with food and body image. Well, without further ado, here's my coaching call with Aaron Todd and Charlie Castle of the Intuitive Eating Podcast. 
Hey there. Well, another day, another coaching call with my two favorite intuitive eating coaches, Erin Todd and Charlie Castle. Thanks for being with me today, ladies. So excited. Ready to dig in. Yeah, let's do this, Heather. Yeah. So, um, so here's what I've learned. I think I'm I don't know my exact month count, but let's, let's say I'm like four to six ish months into really being thoughtful about trying to do intuitive eating. Okay. And, and actually, even in saying that, I realized that there's some hypocrisy there because I didn't actually finish reading the intuitive eating book until like two months ago. So, and I've been listening to intuitive eating podcasts and maybe, maybe this is the place we start today before you start helping me with all of my pathologies. Um, but intuitive eating does not simply mean not dieting. Correct. Fill, fill that out. I was listening to another show on that the other day. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, well, that's yeah. good. <laughs> so that's like step one, right? Reject mm-hmm. the diet mentality. That's kind of like the first stage of anything is like recognizing there's a problem, choosing to like step away from the problem. But then there's the whole process of getting connected with your body, learning your cues Um, for Christians, connecting with the Holy Spirit in regards to our body and food and movement choices. And making food, movement, rest choices um, from a new place, from a place of honoring our body, of truly honoring our health, not the like misguided health thing that dieting is, but truly honoring our health. So I think a lot of people get hung up in that first step um, of rejecting the diet mentality. Um And we talk about kind of like the honeymoon phase, you know, sometimes this leads to like this big rebellion. I went through this for sure, where like, you're telling me I can't do something diet culture. So I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm going to be disobedient to diet culture. And then we kind of like go in this other direction that's actually harming us, right? With like binge eating or uh, we can get kind of lost in this, oh, my language, like screw you diet culture. Right. I'm going to, you know, eat all the things and do all the things. And that actually doesn't honor our health or feel good either. And that's not intuitive eating. Right. Well, because you use the word rebellion and I love that word. And that's a word I've used with my clients. When you're rebelling with some, from something, mm-hmm. you're still under its authority. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes, so exactly. re- rebellion isn't freedom. Yes. Right? Rebellion is like you're being a teenager. And like you said, screw mm-hmm. you. You're being the teenager. Like, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. But you're still in the back of your head or in your heart. You still are under its authority. And you're still kind of having this tug of war, this power battle. And that's mm-hmm. not freedom. I remember recognizing this and being like, oh man, like diet culture still has me because I'm letting diet culture have movement and salads and like all these things that I actually love that I'm not doing out of like rebellion. So there's this whole process of figuring it all out again. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, okay. So let me go to the place. And I, I shared a little bit of this on this show um, probably a month or so ago uh, by the time this show airs. <laughs> and um, I had a total freak out a, a few weeks ago. <laughs> and I, well, so a lot of people talk about how their clothes won't fit and that's a problem. And I feel like I've worked with enough women and, you know, talked to myself through this and written it where I'm like, okay, I went out and I bought some bigger clothes. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, I would be lying if I said that didn't affect me at all. Of course mm-hmm. it affected me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and of course I'm holding up the bigger clothes next to the smaller clothes. Like maybe the size is different. It's a different brand, you know, doing all those mental gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Right. But I tell you what's really bothering me, my engagement ring <laughs> will barely fit. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't go get a new engagement ring. Like that's, you know, and I mean, I know they can stretch rings and all those things, but, but honestly, like I feel more shame around that than I do clothing. Right. Because it's like, oh, then I got to tell my husband, I got to get my ring resized. Like, oh no, like it's, I can buy clothes in a different size without him knowing. But I don't have a conversation that my fingers are fatter. Like, so talk to me, Char. Okay. I just, I have to, like, I feel you. I know I didn't wear my rings for a year mm-hmm. because they didn't fit and I felt all the shame around it and I thought it was going to change. La, 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 la. I didn't like, I thought it would be a big deal to get them resized. I called a place. They could do it that day. It cost me $100. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not ready for that, though, yet, Char. I'm still no. holding on. <laughs> and, like, my rings fit. That felt great. It felt awesome to have them on my fingers again. It said nothing about my worth or my value or, like, nothing changed when I went and got them resized. But I'm saying I hear you because it took me a year to do it. Yeah. Well, so I'm trying to, you know, and I'm, I'm not the scientist, right? But I remember when I was talking to Amy Carlson, and for those listening, she's a registered dietitian, and she's been on the show a couple times. Um, when I was talking to Amy about, like, fasting and carbohydrates and stuff like that, she was talking to me about how, like, the body is and I'm going to get this so wrong, but like wet or dry. And when you, you know, have certain foods, it changes like the chemistry. And, and I feel like that's kind of what's happening. Like, like my body has been, and maybe the right word is dry, but I, it might be the other way. Um, and, and so now I'm like puffy um, mm-hmm. because that biochemistry is changing now that I'm eating a greater variety of foods. Is there something there? Is that... Can you explain that in a more scientific way than I just did? Or is that just kind of random? You know, I'm going (laughs) to say that I believe Amy is right. And she works with like severe eating disorders often. And so she probably totally has the science down on that. Yeah. Um, I don't have the science down on that good enough to speak into it, just to be honest. That's okay. I'm going to ask her next time she's on. Yeah, but. But I like I do know I do know that like with refeeding, with feeding your body better, well, you know, more nutrition, all of that stuff, you are going to see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just think about you know how your body felt when you were underfed mm-hmm. and how it's feeling now. And our culture teaches us that that's wrong, that that's unhealthy, that that's gross. 
Um, but it's actually just normal and you were underfed before. Right. It's like being hydrated and dehydrated, just like yeah. she said. Yeah. Erin, you wanted to jump in? Yeah, I just want to speak into the, not that, you know, I think the ring issue is a little bit separate, but noticing bloating or my face looks puffy or things feel swollen or just any kind of symptoms like that, I think really freak people out. They definitely freaked me out in the beginning. And that was something that um, I was like using dieting and food to try and prevent those symptoms from occurring because I was going for perfect health. Mm-hmm. And if we are expecting our bodies to never react to anything, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment. That's just not reality. Like mm-hmm. symptoms or reactions or noticing things, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just part of being a human and having a body. And I don't think it's even necessarily something to avoid. Mm-hmm. It's just something to be aware of. You're collecting data about how your body responds and um, you get to use that information to care for yourself going forward. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm thinking? I think the problem is I've always noticed these same things, but I had a cure, quote unquote, cure. I had a solution as to how to, quote unquote, fix them. Mm-hmm. So my ring doesn't fit, triggers, I need to stop eating bread triggers, you know, if I go low carb for the next like three weeks, my rings will go uneasy again at the end of the month, problem solved. Mm -hmm. And I keep myself in that um, problem solver mode, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so I feel like with intuitive eating, it's like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to solve the problem by restricting. How do I solve the problem? I have no way to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Hey there, have you read The Burden of Better yet? The Burden of Better is my book on how to lead a comparison-free life. Yes, that's right. I actually believe it's possible to live a life without comparing yourself to others all of the time. If that sounds good to you, I hope you'll snag a copy of The Burden of Better. You can get it wherever Christian books are sold, or you can start reading the first two chapters free right now on my website. Go to comparedtowho.me, look for the books tab, and find Burden of Better, and you can click right there and start reading today. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, let's just, okay, let's dig in here. Let's dig in. We're digging in, girl. What is the problem? Tell me what the problem is. It's control, right? I don't, you know, it's, it is decades of, well, I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to dig myself to the root. Take your time. It's believing that I'm fixable or I'm going to get emotional, you guys, <laughs> but, or, or believing that I need to get fixed, mm-hmm. right? That I, sh- I am a project in need of repair and it's not okay to just be human in some ways, right? Because I'm... You know, like I actually just wrote a chapter. This is the hard thing about dealing with stuff that you're (laughs) ministering on. Like I just wrote a chapter 
And it's literally called, we are not plastic. Like check the Mm -hmm. bottom of your foot. You don't have that recycle symbol with a number five in it. Mm -hmm. Like, like we're not plastic. We're, you know, your, your stomach expands because of digestion. Like that's not something that women and women have been taught that that's a bad thing. (laughs) If you wake up with a a stomach that's expanded because of digestion. And when you just stop and think about it, they study, it's ridiculous. Right. But, but that's so much in there that we should try to be more plastic. And I've never been a Barbie blamer. Um, I think it's much bigger than Barbie, but Mm -hmm. you know, but that's in there that, that control it. So it's perfect. I don't know. Is that deep enough? <laughs> Do I need to keep digging deeper? Yeah, no. Yeah. So you're, you're recognizing this, you know, I have this true belief that I need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the question to ask is what would being fixed like solve? Mm-hmm. So like, is the, is the actual problem that your rings don't fit? <laughs> Or is the actual problem that you need to be fixed or is there all is what's because those kind of sound like, I guess, what would be the goal? What would be what's the solution we're looking for if you were fixed? Yeah, well, it's 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 the end of the struggle. Okay. Which, you know, right, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I'm fixed, then it's rest, right? If I fit, if I'm mm-hmm. fixed, then I don't have this struggle anymore. I don't have to think about my body anymore. I don't have to think about, you know, having clothes that fit or rings that fit. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's rest is what I really crave, right? I just, I want to be free from the struggle. Aaron. So you just articulated quite well the same message that I got from diet culture about what the goal weight gives you. It's the same thing. You fixed your body. It's the rest, the light at the end of the tunnel. Then you're safe. Then you can relax, except for it's a lie. Right. There is no rest. You have a body as long as you have a body and it changes every day of your life. And this whole concept of, there is no more struggle is a lie. There will always be a struggle. Uh, it can get easier. Your yoke can become lighter, but it's ongoing. It's a daily thing for as long as you are a human that's alive on this earth. Mm-hmm. And I think we we believe that. And you got you know you got down to that core belief, and um, that is something that I believe too. And being able to see that that doesn't line up with what the word says about life as a human <laughs> on this planet. Like it's, uh, it's so deep in there though, isn't it? Like, man, that was like three layers down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking like back to where we started, I guess I'm not through step one yet. Yeah. Like, like just genuinely. Well, <laughs> and this, this journey is never linear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, you know, you're, you're circling back to things, you're revisiting things, you're working through them again on a deeper level. Um, and that's, that's just part of this journey and part of life. Things happen that send us back down that diet mentality pathway and we have to come back and, and revisit that. And, you know, 
so much of it is, is asking the questions. Okay. So you believe that you need to be fixed. And if you fixed it and now you can rest, why can you rest now? Like what have you achieved by fixing it? Yeah, I think, you know, I don't, I would say that I've just achieved the ability to not worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've gained back the brain space, right? Which, you know, in the body image arena, like that was huge for me to gain back that brain space, but like to have the brain space in the food arena too. It's like, whoa, boy, mm-hmm. I could probably cure something if I had all that brain space. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, maybe not really, but, but again, I'm not uh-huh. a science girl, well, but <laughs> feeling no, like it's overwhelming, that, right? Yeah. Something that I think we often do is, you know, I'm going to do this diet or do whatever it is and achieve X and Y. And then my world's going to open up because I won't have to worry about this anymore. And all these things will change. Except then once we get there, we just sit around being terrified of losing our success. That's that's a good point. Yeah. It's all magical thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's all if then conditional happiness, conditional worthiness, conditional rest um stuff that we talk about quite a bit it's so it's a pattern of thought like that applies in other areas of life too like you could apply that with your next book mm-hmm. it's just a way our brain works and you really have to um, create new thought patterns around that and that's part of this struggle messiness that is always ongoing because you're always working on that, you're always having to be aware of that. You're always having to take the thoughts captive and, you know, you're always having to renew your mind on, on that stuff. So um, I think part of the thing you're saying with the brain space though, it's like you do have brain space around it. You're still using it. And it's, if you could reframe the existing space that's being used, you're, you're seeing it as a problem, but you don't have to, it's perception, all this body image stuff. Um, you know, like Dr. Stephanie Reinold's podcast, it's not about the food. Mm-hmm. It's not about our body. It's, it's how we see it's a perception is- issue. So you can reframe instead of seeing it like a struggle, you can see it like this is my walk with the Lord in this area. I'm participating in his suffering. I'm walking out what he has for me today and I'm relying on his help to get me through that and to comfort me through that. And like, it's kind of that whole shifting it from a get to instead of a have to and like seeing it differently. Yeah. I hate hate that. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, yeah, okay. I get you. I have like, like, I hate that. I feel like that's so trivial. Like I would never tell anyone that. And I'm I'm just being really honest here because I like uh, cringe, like, (laughs) please don't just tell me I need to change a couple words. I understand semantics (laughs) like like that, like that's really difficult for me. I, I feel like I can't simply reframe things. I have to dig deeper. Like you can't fool me with words. I don't know. You you might be right because that's like, that could be a personality difference or like maybe an Enneagram thing or something like that, because that reframing is what made it click for me. Huh? So, um, but I totally hear you. Like I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a tough one to swallow. Um, 
but I also know that it works, but I, I also know that it works for me. So as yeah. we always say on this, on this path, it's like not everything that works for one person is going to work for another person. So I think we have to share ideas about um, what, what has helped us and try and help others where we've been helped. And it's totally okay that that doesn't resonate for you. Um, uh, I just want to say like, I'm so, ha- I'm so happy that we're all honest enough and like there there's some like celebration of God and Holy Spirit and how he created us all differently and like I'm just like it's awesome Heather that you said nope that doesn't work for me (laughs) I'm glad we can talk about that because different things work for different people and that's why talking about this is so so important to get different perspectives and Um, You know, that's the other reason why God has so many people doing the same job, because they come at it differently, they do things differently, they help people in different ways. Um, So here's what I know about you, Heather, just thinking about compared to who, and the burden of better, like you are into, I want to get down deep to like what is the biblical thing that is going on here in my life and um you know this this concept here would be something I probably wouldn't take very many people to but I know um I think that this is this is where you're at I'm thinking of the tension between I am whole, complete, accepted, wonderful as I am in Christ Mm -hmm. and I am in progress. Mm -hmm. And that's true for our spiritual growth. Like that's true for everywhere in our lives. Right. Um, I'm just thinking about parenting and, you know, the hiccups that happen sometimes and like, oh, I can't believe that that's how I reacted to that situation. And I can go down like this, this place of being upset that I'm not what I want to be. And I can go down this place of thinking of all the parenting advice that's in our culture and the thing my pediatrician said and the thing this friend said, and like, I did it this way. And, you know, or I can like lean into God and what he says about parenting and what I know truth is, and then like connect with him over like, I'm loved right now. And he's working in me to be a parent more for him, more like him. And I think the same is true for our health, all mental health, physical health, our body image, our eating habits, choices. Is there a way to eat that glorifies him that is really healthy and honoring our bodies absolutely absolutely and and it is you know this intuitive eating where we recognize that um something really doesn't feel good in our body and then we make a choice just out of you know this doesn't feel good for my body and I I want to feel good and I want to take care of my health. So I'm not going to make that choice, but we don't do that all the time because we're human. 
sometimes we recognize like this doesn't feel good in my body and we keep doing it mm-hmm. and we repent for that and, and we ask for help for that and not in a diety way right and that's where there's like this difference um so I guess I I'm bringing you to like this tension of you're you're wanting to listen to your body you're wanting to do what's right for your health um that's that's truly a place here and sometimes you still make the choice that that isn't that And in Christ, you're already forgiven for that. You're already free of that. And in this physical life on this earth, we, we want to do better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to be free from the struggle. I mean, and it's, you know, I think about people that are struggling with chronic illness, Mm -hmm. right. You know, they just, they want to, they want to be free from that. Right. There were, really any addiction. I mean, you know, I really, this stuff is addiction, right? (laughs) I mean, it's really, it's, it's an addiction to being able to control my body. It's an addiction to being able to feeling like I am in control of my body, feeling I can manipulate my health or manipulate my size, right? It's, it's an addiction to that control. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I don't know when I I got a little emotional since we have video on this one, I'll I'll self-disclose. It's just as you were talking to ours, like some of it's just my pride. Right. And, yeah. you know, and I don't even, I don't know if you guys can see through it clearly, then please point it out to me. But, you know, like, I totally know that I'm a work in progress. Like I, I know how messy I am. I feel like I just close how messy I am all the time. Um, but, but yeah, but it, when you said that, I was like, what is my problem that I'm not comfortable thinking about being okay and a work in progress. I am much more comfortable thinking about being a work in progress than I am being anywhere, right? Being fully anywhere, right? It's it's much easier for me to think about being the mess than it is for me to think about being okay. Mm -hmm. And that there is so much tension. Like I'm trying to figure this out too, Heather, in so many areas of this is who I am in Christ done complete. It's all been done. I can't do anything to be any more loved than I am right now. And that's all so, so true. And that's hard for me because I'm too like you, like I like, I have been a self-help junkie for years and like, I am all about like self-improvement and getting better. And when I started recognizing like, oh, this self-improvement thing might have a lot to do with pride and, you know, I'm trying so hard to do intuitive eating perfectly now for my worth. Um, then I got kind of like rebellious from self-help or any sort of improvement of like, I'm just going to veg here then, you know, and that's not honoring either. So this is all this, like, this tension, this place of I'm going to accept who I am in Christ, and I'm going to know that I am the most loved I could ever be, and I want to walk with him to become more like him in, in all of these ways. It's a, it's a difficult tension to hold. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking, like, so really, so to talk about, like, the diet 
or the diet culture idol, the body image idol, the beauty idol, whichever name you want to give it. But just in the context of intuitive eating, thinking about diet culture as, as an idol, mm-hmm. you know, the diet culture idol tells me I'm safe because I have their rules and I have their promise. And I have their hope that someday I'll have an after picture, right? And it's such a clear juxtaposition between diet culture's promise of all of that will come if you follow my rules and buy my $4 bars and drink my shakes and all that Mm -hmm. versus God's promise, which is what you just said, Shar, that I'm already through Christ. I'm okay. I'm enough. I don't need an after because Jesus Mm-hmm. <laughs> paid for my after, right? And and any after I could get here on earth is insignificant <laughs> um, mm-hmm. compared to the after that he's given me. And and it's it's so clear, you know, you put it on a whiteboard, it's like, which one would you take? Well, I'll mm-hmm. take the eternal security in Christ. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Versus the skinny body for, you know, maybe up to two years until it all comes back because that's what happens when you go on diets, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's so clear, but yeah, the heart struggle is real. And, you know, it just, so kind of to, as we close this one to take it back to intuitive eating, I mean, I don't know, maybe this one should be titled like stuck on step one, <laughs> you know, because I, I, you know, the, the intuitive eating book doesn't have gospel themes in it. She doesn't tie in like the truth of our worth coming from the gospel. And so it, it's almost impossible just to rely. Well, it is, it, and not almost, it is impossible to just rely on your ability to rebel against diet. Well, to turn from diet culture, not rebel, mm-hmm. to turn from diet culture, because we do not have that ability on our own. I mean, you know, Sir Thomas Chalmers in the, uh, I think 1600s, talked about like the power, the expulsive power of a greater affection. You can't just turn from an addiction. You have to have something you love more. And, and so, yeah. So do we all get stuck on step one and until God can kind of show us the work he's doing on, on the idolatry front? I don't know. I mean, that's just, that thought just came to me, but what do you guys think? Aaron? (laughs) I'm I mean, sure something to say, Aaron. <laughs> I I definitely couldn't make the transition until I had the idolatry conviction. Mm-hmm. That was such a gift, that conviction, and that let me step into the identity in Christ peace. And I don't think intuitive eating works for Christians unless you're putting everything in the identity in Christ peace. Like it just doesn't work. I, I've said it before on the podcast, Char, I think you have too. It's like, I, I really don't know how people are doing this. <laughs> They're not a Christian. Like what, yeah. what is your, what gospel are you believing? You got like, we need promises. We want the promise and we're going to choose God's promise, not die culture's promise. Yeah. And so you got to have the identity piece um, for sure. That's what made it all work for me. It all came together. You know, I want to share about this because so I, I went into intuitive eating, not from a, like I was a Christian, but I was still keeping that part of my life like separate. Right. I didn't go into it with this like journey with God and we're seeing this so much in diet culture right now. Like people are co-opting intuitive eating 
And when I was first learning it, it was like, I felt all this freedom walking away from like my disordered eating habits and, and those things and moving towards intuitive eating. But I still interpreted, I interpreted as intuitive eating as the plan to great health. Mm -hmm. Right. So my, my dieting, my disordered eating was definitely wrapped up in body image and looks, but a big part of it was like achieving perfect health. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I was learning intuitive eating as like, oh, this is going to be my answer to perfect Mm -hmm. health. And so I was trying to do intuitive eating perfectly to have this great health. And when I started really digging into the gospel and like this Christian part of my life, and it started overflowing into eating and exercise, that's when everything just blew up for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have done it again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm following this plan to achieve what I think I need to achieve. Intuitive eating becomes the new idol. Yes. Yeah, because our hearts are idol factories. Yes. Ah, but you know, the good news is I accidentally just did a commercial for my first book. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not sure about the intuitive eating, about these idols, read compared to who? Okay. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I really, uh, I see what you guys are saying. I mean, I started following intuitive eating people on Instagram and there is a wide spectrum. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but you can see see how clearly that okay rebellion against diets is my new idol or mm-hmm. um you know or like you yes. said Sarah, like following intuitive eating perfectly is my new idol mm-hmm. and and then you can also hear in some people like the promise of if i follow intuitive eating perfectly then i'll get thin and it's like oh no honey yep. that's not the right promise that's the diet culture promise right and so yes. oh but it's so tempting yes. that's where that's where we go yeah. uh, Heavy stuff, heavy stuff, you guys. Well, well, thank you all for helping me process um, today. I, I think in our, our next, our next session next month, I do though, I want to go back here a little bit and talk about being uncomfortable in your body. Cause we talked about that a little bit, but I think I want to go deeper there. So, um, so stay tuned for the next coaching session with Aaron and Shar because I, I want to go there. Um, that'll be next month. Well, thank you for listening to the Compared to Who show today. I hope something in today's show has helped you stop comparing and start living. Aaron and Shar, thanks so much for being my coaches today. And I will put links in the show notes to your awesome podcast, Intuitive Eating for Christian Women, and all the resources you have if someone's new to intuitive eating. Thanks again. Bye-bye. If something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. 
Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.